Our reading today comes from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Morning. My name is uh, Stephen Stanton. I'm a pastoral intern here at Christ Central Church. You all may not know it, but uh, we have an intern program here, which is a pretty cool opportunity for us. You know, not many churches are in the same city as a seminary, and uh, we have two of them here. So we take interns and train them up to be pastors, which is a cool opportunity for you all to be part of training the new generation of pastors who are going to preach the gospel. But the bad part is you have to keep hearing people's first sermon ever, which is mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to preach this morning. You know, we take classes to get ready for this, and most of the time they spend is uh, making sure we're getting the correct biblical meaning out of a text, but they also give us practical tips, you know, not to bring up just a bunch of loose-leaf papers without uh, page numbers on it, because if you drop it up here, you're basically done. Uh, hence the binder here with all the page numbers and, and the pages. So. Let's pray before we get started. Lord, I thank you um, that you have given us your word to remind us who you are, that you are worthy to be trusted. God, I pray that you help me get out of the way so that you can give a message to your people about who you are and how they can trust and rest in you. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. In God we trust. It's a statement that we see on every single U.S. dollar bill or coin that we've ever handled. But I find it's an ironic statement to be on the one thing that we have the hardest time trusting God with our finances. We believe our next meal is going to come from God. We believe God's given us the uh, roof over our heads for protection. But when that rent's coming due, we start to get worried. We, we want to have more money so we can really trust in the money to get that rent paid. You know, we, uh, we trust in money to provide all that we need. Our text this morning, Psalm 121, is about our struggle to trust God. The writer of this psalm also struggled to trust God. He asked himself an important spiritual question. Where does my help come from? It's an important question we all have to ask ourselves. When time starts to get tough, who do we trust in? Or what, what do we trust in for our help? The psalmist wrote this song to remind himself and to remind us that God is a God who we can trust in. He'll remind us that God is good even though we face hard times. He'll remind us that God is able to be our protector and he'll remind us that God will keep us until the end. If you look at your Bibles, just under the title of this psalm, it says, A Song of Ascents. All this means is uh, this was a psalm that was sung for people as they traveled to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was built up on top of a hill, and so you'd have to ascend up to get to the temple of God, and so um, hence the name, A Psalm of Ascent. You know, travel back then was a lot harder than it is today. We have cars and buses and trains to take us on a journey, but a lot of these people would have to be traveling on foot. Some had to travel over 100 miles to make this journey to Jerusalem. 
They were hard journeys. They were journeys where you'd be exposed to the sun and to the cold, to the wind and to robbers who would ambush you on the journey. Many who set out on these journeys, they wouldn't make it until the end. Notice that in this psalm, the mountain is not the writer's source of security. Imagine being already tired from a journey and looking up before you and just seeing this mountain. Your sore muscles and your sore feet are wondering, how am I going to make it the rest of this journey? He looks up at this mountain and he says, I'm going to need some help and some protection to make it the rest of this trip. Also, the mountains, they created valleys, uh, places for robbers to ambush people. The psalmists were very familiar with this type of danger. You know, Psalm 23 calls it a valley of the shadow of death. You'll hear this quoted in maybe a lot of war movies where soldiers are about to face some big battle. They say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Some of you may not know this, but Beck and I were uh, in the military before we moved here to Georgia. Uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2013, and so I could relate to a little bit of this danger that they felt when looking up to the mountains. These mountains were places where the enemy had the upper hand on you. They were the high ground, and whoever had the high ground had the advantage on everyone. They provided places for the enemies to hide and ambush. They provided challenging terrain for us to navigate. It was a place that our armored vehicles often couldn't go, and so we would have to step out on foot away from their protection to get where we were going. When we looked up to the mountains, we understood the danger and hardship they represented. All of us are looking ahead at our week, and we see mountains ahead of us. We face dangers every day. We feel pressure at work. Our shaky relationships give us distress. We worry over finances. We so often see these problems, and they seem like mountains ahead of us. They literally call it a mountain of debt when you just feel like you're over your head and there's no escape. But this song is for you. This song was written for us. This song answers the question, where does your help come from? When I was looking and researching this psalm, I read what a few other people had to say about it. And one of them seemed to be bothered because to him it looked like at the beginning of this psalm, the writer is acting like an unbeliever. He seems unsettled in his faith, and he's not putting trust in God at first. But he later goes on and explains why this is. He says, this psalmist is reflecting a condition which is common to believers, that even though we know our help is from the Lord, even though we know the Lord is our source of security, danger surrounds us. when danger surrounds us, we tend to look here and there and everywhere but the Lord for our security. That's why this psalmist has to remind himself God is a God who can be trusted. And that's why this psalm in the Bible tells us and reminds us that God is a God who can be trusted. This brings me to my first point. We'll go back and look at the text and uh, read the first few verses here. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Notice here that the Lord doesn't shorten the length of the journey, but he does provide shade from the sun and protection from the dangers at night. Also, he says, do not let your foot be moved or slip as you climb the mountain, but you still have to climb the mountain. The journey would still be hard for these travelers, but God will be shading them and protecting them along the way. And shade from the sun on a journey like this, it would be no small comfort. You know, I can only imagine walking almost 100 miles exposed to the sun in the desert. 
Uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't have survived this journey before sunscreen was invented. But just because this journey was tough didn't mean that God had abandoned them. But this is so often the first thought we have when life starts getting tough. One of the biggest things that hold us back from trusting God is our circumstances. You know, all of us look around and we see a lot of hardship. It's hard for us to believe God truly loves us when we're dealing with such hard things in life. But God never promised life was going to be an easy life. We so often wish God existed to provide for and protect our comfort. We even think the song, this psalm might not have been written for us. We think the people who wrote this Bible, they didn't understand what I was going through. But is that really true? Did the writers of this not know what you were going through? You know, David, who wrote most of these psalms, he spent almost his entire life on the run. He was forced to hide out in caves. He was under constant threat of assassination and attack and starvation. And look at Paul in the New Testament. You know, Paul is constantly telling us to trust that God is watching out after us and guarding us. Yet Paul faced situations much more troubling than ours. He was constantly in prison. He was beaten with rods and pelted with stones. He was almost whipped to the point of death five times, and he was shipwrecked three times. Yet he was the one who wrote, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. We can be so focused on the things right in front of us that we forget that God sees the whole picture. You know, it reminds me, when I was a little kid, uh, I went and I had to get allergy shots. And for those of you who don't know what this is, basically a doctor, he uh, gives you a shot of an allergen, and if your body reacts to it, it finds out that you have that type of allergy. But this was one of the most traumatic events for me in my childhood. I had to have been maybe only seven or eight. Uh, you know, at that age, you're already scared of the doctor, you're already scared of shots. And in this one particular visit, they gave me almost 100 shots in my arms and in my back. Uh, they even, there's even a part where they scrape your skin and put allergen on it to see if it um, irritates it that way. So I just remember screaming and crying as my mom and the nurse held me down and the doctors were giving me these shots. You know, from my perspective, I had no idea what they were doing. It just felt like pure torture to me. Uh, and, and for a kid, 100 shots, it might have been a million. But my mom wasn't holding me down to torture me. She was holding me down so I could get diagnosed diagnosed so I could get treated, and treated so I didn't have to suffer anymore from the allergies. She was holding me down because she loved me. She was holding me down because it was what was best for me. We don't always know the reason for the hardship. We don't always have the whole picture, but we do know that we have a God who's looking out after us and loves us. From our limited perspective, we can't see why we're going through what we're going through, but the scriptures show us that God has the whole picture and that he loves us, and we can trust him in that. Sometimes we do face hardship and trials and pressures in life, and hopefully these pressures cause us to press into God. When you think about the question, where does my help come from, or what do I go to when times get tough, all of us have answers to the question. All of us have our own method for dealing with these issues. Some of us may try everything we can to prevent the hardship. We think if we just plan well enough, or if we think it out just good enough, somehow we're going to be able to avoid these tough times. Or some of us may give up altogether in the areas of life where we're struggling. We may withdraw from those areas of our life that we feel unsuccessful in. You know, one of the issues I think a lot of us struggle is finding validation in our jobs. We often find our identity in our work. We rely on the praise we get there, the income we get there, the purpose for our life that we get there. But our jobs so often, they let us down. 
when we face uncertain times and our jobs may be at risk, or we mess up the big presentation, we get passed over for promotion, we lose the ability to hang on to our jobs as a source of comfort. Sometimes we unhealthily turn to these things for security, the security that only God can provide for us. How can we truly know and trust God if we're finding our everyday security in our performance at work? You know, our jobs are just one of the many idols a lot of us have set up in our lives uh, to provide us comfort. They're idols that get in the way of our relationship with God. What these, when these idols come falling down around us, when work no longer provides the satisfaction it used to provide, the security of the paycheck no longer seems secure, we feel like God has abandoned us. But what if God was tearing down those idols in your life? What if he was tearing down the one thing that was keeping you from truly trusting in him? the only one who can be completely trusted. He was tearing them down because he's pursuing a closer relationship with you. Sometimes we need hardship in our life and so we can turn to the one who's truly trustworthy. And this was the first point, that we must remember God is good even though we face hardship. You know, the psalm also tells us that God is a God who's able to protect us. But why does it matter that we know God is able to be our protector? You know, someone once said, good men must be very unbelieving to be so constantly reminded by God that he is trustworthy. God is constantly reminding us that he is worthy to be trusted. He knows that we stray in our beliefs. He knows that we don't always turn to him first in tough times, but he reminds us he is more than qualified to handle our situations. Let's back, look back at the text and we'll see what the psalmist says about God. Started at the beginning again. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. You see, he's looking up at this huge mountain before him. A giant rock made of solid stone standing up thousands of feet above. A mountain that looks difficult, near impossible to climb, and he remembers something. He remembers that God is the creator of this massive chunk of stone. He remembers that he is a powerful God that created a whole universe, a universe so mighty that it makes this mountain look small in comparison. He remembers that he is a powerful God who is more than capable of helping him through these challenges. Let's look a few more verses and see what else the psalmists have to say about God. Starting back here in verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is not just all-powerful, but he stands awake watching over us. He does not slumber, but he is sovereign and he is ruling over all things. You know, one of the most famous generals in history was Alexander the Great. He conquered all the land from Greece all the way uh, until India during his reign. And for most of his life, he lived in these conquered lands under constant threat of assassination. He was once asked, how do you sleep at night in the midst of the danger? And he responded by saying, because I know my most trusted general is awake guarding at night. But no matter how good this most trusted general was, he had to sleep at some point. And no matter how good of a warrior this general was, there was only so big of a threat he would able to be able to stop. But how much more can we rest knowing that our God never slumbers and is always on guard? However, you know, most of us, we just don't feel this way. 
We don't feel like God really is at watch and that he really cares. We may even question him. When we look from our, the world and from our perspective, it seems like everything is going wrong. We don't like the idea that somebody else has the right to decide what's best for us. We may even ask, what gives him the right to rule over everything and decide all things? And that's a good question. What would it take, what, gives, what would give somebody the right to rule over everything and decide all things? You know, what would a resume need to look like of somebody who held that job? You know, but the Bible, it shows us the resume of God. It tells us what gives, what gives God the right to do this. He is a God who is infinitely wise and powerful. He knows the beginning and the end of everything that will ever happen. He's the creator of all things from absolutely nothing. He has no prejudice or bias. He has no fears, restrictions, or limitations. He is all-powerful. He always knows what's best, and he never makes a mistake. Our God is well-qualified to sit on the throne running all things for his glory. He is sovereign over this world and is absolutely able to be the source of our help. Now, I had surgery on my ankle a little over a year ago. I knew I needed it for quite a while, but I was just hesitant to get into surgery. It's a big deal to be put under and have someone cut you open and try and fix things. And so uh, I had hurt my ankle again at training, and it was time to get checked out. <clears throat> and I had to go see a, an ankle doctor. And at his office, you know, not only did this guy have all the plaques that told me all his certifications and all his qualifications, all the schools he had been to that made him qualified, but he also told me that he loved doing ankle surgeries. For whatever reason, this guy was into ankle surgeries. I don't know. Uh, but for what, you know, you see, this, this is, not only did he have the diplomas up on the wall that qualified him, but he also actually cared to want to fix and heal my ankle. And so this is why I let him do the surgery. And the same is true with God. We have faith in God, but it's not a blind faith. Faith in God is better described as trust in God. You know, we don't trust in God for no reason. We trust in him because he is fully qualified to handle our situation, and he's watching out over for us and caring for us and guarding us. We so often need to be reminded of this fact. The need for constant reassurance reminds me the last time I flew on an airplane. You know, the flight was going well, we had taken off uh, fine, the ride was smooth up until this point, but we started to experience turbulence. And this just wasn't a little bit of turbulence. I mean, we were bouncing all over the place in this plane. Uh, the lady who was sitting next to me was scared. This was it for her, she thought we were going down. You know, she kept asking me what all those sounds meant, uh, reminding her how to use the oxygen mask thing if it had fallen down. All that she could focus on was what, in her mind, was this impending doom that was about to happen. But right then, we heard the ding. This is your captain speaking. And like always, in that exact same calm voice the captain always has, you know, we could have been plummeting down thousands of feet a second, spinning around, and he would have still been telling us what the weather's like at that airport we're about to head to. But the real reason he was speaking so calmly was because he still knew he was in complete control of that aircraft. In fact, this turbulence was probably nothing to him. He just wanted to let us know to put our seatbelts on. His calmness reminded us that somebody's up there in the cabin who's got this under control. We need to be reminded that he knew what he was doing. That's why this psalm is for us, because we need to be reminded that God's got everything under control. God gets us. He knows we need reminders, and he graciously and repeatedly gives us those reminders. 
He cares about us, and he wants us to be able to rest knowing he's got this. Too often, we're worried about the present. We seem focused on the things that are going wrong. We become anxious, and we worry. But if we truly believe God is who he says he is, we can rest in these truths. The Bible also tells us to be thankful even in the midst of our circumstances. One thing about trusting God is he rarely changes the circumstances, but instead he changes our hearts. It doesn't change what's going on outside the world, but he changes what's going on inside of us. If we could just pray more and thank God for the good things in our life, we could see that he really is acting and caring for us. There's so much in our lives we take for granted each and every day. You know, the meal, every meal we get to eat, each day with a loved one, each day we have a home to come back to, these aren't insignificant ways that God is caring for us. And we need a community of other believers. You know, we just learned how important it is to be reminded that God is able and capable of running all things. What better way to be reminded than the encouragement of friends and fellow believers we find in community here at church? This means we should be looking for a way to remind each other that God is a God who deserves our trust. This brings me to my final point and the most important one, that God will keep us until the end. I'm going to look back at the psalm and read from the very beginning, just kind of keep an ear open for uh, some repetition. You know, we've already heard how God is constantly reminding us, and in this psalm, he does it many different ways. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made the heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God knows we're so often weak in faith and need constant reminder of his promises. That's why in this small eight-verse psalm, the writer six different times tells us he'll keep us. You know, keep isn't a word we use very often. I like one of the other translations uses preserves a lot of the time. God preserves our life. And this is illustrated in verse three when God says, he will not let our foot be moved. One of the other translations says, he will not let our foot slip. Imagine climbing this mountain. Your foot slipping could mean uh, a fall you're not coming back from, an unexpected shortcut to the bottom of the mountain. This reminds me again of those mountains I talked about in Afghanistan. There wasn't much vegetation on these mountains. They were primarily just uh, consisted of like crumbly rocks. As you take one step up, the ground would literally shift beneath your foot, and for every one step forward you took, you'd slide back down uh, a half of a step. Obviously, foot slipping for us was a big concern. Not only could it mean falling, but it also put you in a position of vulnerability. A lot of the times we were kept safe just by being able to stay alert, keeping our eyes, looking around, you know, holding our weapons ready. Um, just being alert kept you safe, and the opposite could leave you vulnerable. You know, you have your gun to the side, and you're just staring at the next place you're gonna take a foot. Um, people saw that as weakness. So if just looking tired made us vulnerable, how much more would us slipping made us vulnerable in those situations? Slipping over there could have meant separation from your team. Slipping over there could have meant you weren't coming back home. But God has promised that he will not let your foot slip. He has promised that he will preserve us. 
But what is he ultimately protecting us from? We have to ask, what is the biggest threat we need protection from? And the answer might surprise you. There's only one thing we need protection from that has eternal consequences. You know, all the things in the world, they don't seem to matter when it comes to comparing it to an eternal problem. And that's the problem of our sin. Our sin threatens to separate us from the love of God for all eternity. Our sin threatens to make our foot slip. We stand guilty before a holy God because of our sin, and we face eternal banishment from his loving presence. But luckily for us, God has revealed in this psalm how he will protect us from our greatest threat. Um, There's actually a verse in the New Testament that talks just about this. I'm going to read from you uh, in, in Jude, verse 24 through 25, and it's the last two verses in Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of this glory, of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This verse tells us that God keeps us from stumbling. He keeps our foot from slipping or being moved by the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. This verse says he does this by presenting us blameless before the presence of God. Romans 8 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the most important way that God protects us. This is the way that God secures us eternally, keeps us eternally. This is the final way we trust in God. You know, when I was in Afghanistan, I felt fairly protected. We had weapons and armor. Everybody was watching each other's back. But Beck and my family would never really feel I was truly protected until I was delivered from that situation. They wouldn't feel I was truly safe until I called them when I had landed at the airport back in America. I wasn't safe until I had gotten on an airplane and flew thousands of miles away from danger. And that's true for us here. We should all look forward to the day when we're delivered from this life, when we are finally free from all the dangers and trials we face and are taken away to be with God for eternity. This hope will give us even a better perspective on what we face right now. You know, Becca was telling me how upset our daughter Lily was the other day. Uh, she's only six months old. You guys may have seen her up here about a month ago getting baptized. But I asked Becca, what made her so upset? And she was telling me she cried for almost 10 minutes because Becca wouldn't let her eat a piece of paper that had fallen on the ground. You know, my daughter was in tears crying for 10 minutes because she wasn't allowed to eat a piece of paper. You know, I'm sure anyone with kids can relate. They just lose it if they don't get enough Cheerios, or they don't, you don't let them sit in the front seat of the car, or you tell them to stop pulling the dog's tail, uh, whatever it is, their reaction to you telling them no makes it seem like they just went through the hardest thing in their life the way that they overreact to it. But sometimes this is us. We're so focused on this temporary life that we can be brought so low when something gets taken away from us when God says no. But Jesus presents us with a radical message. He tells us to give up treasuring this world, give up and treasure the things of God. He tells us to give up our childish desires and desire the things that will last. One of the few things from this life that's gonna pass over to the next is your relationship with God, your Father. Don't neglect your time spent with him, learning of his great love for you. Spend time trusting and resting in his loving care as you wait for the final delivery from the hardship of this world. 
You see, as Christians, we should be uniquely known for our trust because we, we trust that we're gonna be saved by the merits of someone else. We believe that Christ's work alone that keeps us until the end, and that's ultimate trust, when we trust in someone else fully for our salvation. So remember, through Christ, God will keep us until the end. As we look back at this psalm we just covered, we see this psalm is a psalm that we must preach continually to ourselves. When we ask the question, where does my help come from? The Lord knows we are quick to despair and weak in faith. So we must do as this psalmist does. We must constantly hear from God's word about the truth and promises of God. We must remember that God is a God we can trust. He has promised that he will keep us until the end, and our God is a God who keeps his promises. We don't always have all the details or the full picture of what's going on, but we do know that God is good and God is the creator, an all-powerful God who is able to protect us from the danger, a God who has reached down from heaven so that each one of us may have a personal relationship with him. He's a God who sent his only son to the cross to die a death you deserved and through the Spirit was raised from the grave three days later. He did this to prove his love to you. So don't leave here this morning without putting your trust and your rest in the Almighty God. This is your greatest need. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you are a God who is a God who can be trusted. Uh, we just love you so much, and we see all the small ways that you do provide for us and care for us. Lord, I pray that in everyone's life here that that get amplified. We just see you working in our lives each and every day, Lord. When we look up to our mountains this week, we remember our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In Christ's name I pray, amen.